saw a headline in the paper the other day that said this, Canadians are giving up on retiring anytime soon as inflation soars. This refers to a new survey from the folks at Bromwich and Smith and Advisor Savvy in which, uh, say, findings like this occur. 62% of Canadians fear they'll never have enough money to retire. And 71% of people surveyed are afraid they'll run out of money if they do retire. So let's talk a little bit, first of all, about the survey and the findings. Joining us from Bromwich and Smith is Taz Rajan, uh, joining us from Calgary to talk more about the, the findings of the survey. Taz, good morning and welcome to the show. Oh, good morning. Thanks so much for having me. Happy Saturday. Well, the same to you and it's the first one of summer. Boy, you've had kind of the same kind of summer in Calgary. We have it, or spring rather, in Calgary. We have in Vancouver. Long and cool. So finally this summer, this weekend, a little warmth in Vancouver. Hopefully we can share some of that with you in Calgary over the weekend as well. Tell us a little bit more about the survey. How recent is it, Taz? Yes, so we put the survey out just actually June 16th, and we partnered with Advisor Savvy because both Advisor Savvy and Bromwich and Smith, you know, whether it's on, you know, personally with our clients or sort of on that macroeconomic level, Mm -hmm. we started to see and hear challenges related to retirement for, you know, older Canadians. And uh, the, and I suppose you also have to couple this with the realities that all Canadians are facing these days, Taz, and that's an inflation of 7.7%, close to 8%, the highest in close to 40 years. Uh, and, of course, housing costs that are through the roof in major markets like Calgary and Vancouver and Toronto. Uh, very intimidating realities these days for a lot of Canadians, especially older Canadians. Yeah, you bet. When you look at, you know, Two years, I I know we're post-COVID now, but there was that two years we had of COVID. We've got older people, you know, supporting their adult children, cost of living inflation, as you talked about, and then also mounting debt is another factor. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about the reluctance to retire. Uh, And I, I suppose in one sense, Taz, it's a good thing because once again, this weekend across Canada, there are quite literally hundreds of thousands of jobs begging to be filled. So mm-hmm. if, if while we're facing a labor shortage, square on, at least in our midst, we have a great number of experienced workers, valuable to any employer, who have decided to stick around a little bit. That's not going to hurt the labor shortage a bit, is it? Yeah, exactly. And like you said, experienced, you know, dedicated workforce there for sure. That could be the silver lining. I suppose. But on the other hand, there are a lot of people who are going, oh, geez, I guess I can't retire. I guess I'm going to have to go back to the old salt mine, like it or not. And there's that, too, isn't it? Yeah. And that is the part that's, you know, that's concerning. I mean, only one in four said they're not retiring because they love their job too much. Right. You know, you've probably heard it. I've heard it many times where I'll see someone that clearly looks retirement age and you're like, how come you're still doing this? And, you know, they'll sheepishly say, love this. But in reality, there are these underlying concerns, right, of not having saved enough money or having enough investments to sort of continue that lifestyle or, you know, being in this position where maybe you're helping your adult children or just COVID has taken a toll. So, you know, the debt has started to surmount and you're looking down the barrel going, oh my goodness. Or, you know, for a lot of people, their investments have taken a huge hit. True. So maybe they had planned, they were all set to retire maybe in 2022 and looking at that portfolio going, 
that's not going to sustain me. Taz, I wanted to ask you, just back up a couple of steps, the part about helping out the kids. And a lot of mm-hmm. parents right across Canada, the bank of mom and dad has contributed mightily to the stratospheric housing crisis that we live with every day in Canada. Because, of course, that's if you, if you have to find the money to get into the game, then you find it. Uh, so uh, how many parents are exposed to debt as a result of quite legitimately wanting to help out Junior uh, and, and do the right thing, but in the, in the same, at the same moment are also signing on to, to mortgage realities they perhaps mm-hmm. really didn't anticipate. Yeah, so in our survey, you know, 26%, so a quarter of Canadians are saying their, retire, their retirement you know, plans have been delayed because their children still require financial support. Mm-hmm. So, it, it's a big chunk. And you sort of think about even that younger cohort, right? When you're looking at your 30-something, your 20-something, as you had said, if you look at some of these major metropolitan cities, such as Vancouver, where health, I mean, you blinked and your health value has gone up, yep. right? Um, and now mortgage rates are going up. Now when you combine those two, home ownership for many, many young Canadians is starting to feel like a bit of a pipe dream unless Bank of Mom and Dad are going to be around to help out. And if Bank of Mom and Dad are helping out, that delays mom and dad's plans, absolutely. And you've noticed that. You were able to say, that, for example, close to a quarter of Canadians have, by by virtue of voluntarily involving themselves in the financial affairs of their children, uh, are now in a position where they can't retire. Exactly. And the other, you know, nuance of that is, as a 30-something-year-old, when mom and dad's bank are helping you out, what's actually happening is that your financial wellness is actually being stilted, right? Because mom and dad are coming in to kind of save the day. So you're not really thinking about, hey, what are our debts looking like? What do we need to do with that? You know, where do we have an emergency fund? Do we have, because mom and dad are that at the moment. So, you know, you can kind of look maybe 20 years down the road or even 10 years down the road at what's going to potentially happen to that generation as well. I'm curious about uh, the in, in a family, for example, and I'm just look. I'm probing for some of the findings that you've you've uh, re- realized in this survey, Taz. And for example, sure. in a in a in a family where both the both spouses were working people and both have now hit retirement age or approximately a retirement age, does your survey ask, for example, if both of you used to work, are you both going to be able to retire, or have you collectively made the decision that yeah one of us gets to retire the other one's going to continue working to keep the cash flow up has did you get across any of those questions so not specifically that however again some of our respondents just just over 10 percent, did say retirement is put on hold because i am taking care of my partner or spouse so this could be you know a spouse maybe who's got a disability or critical illness um, or taking care of my spouse in terms of I've got to be the bread earner because my spouse retired maybe a few years ago. So right. definitely seeing that and, you know, that those, those, the disability, critical illness, you know, divorce, job loss, these are some of the things that really do derail Canadians in their financial plan. And, you know, these are people that we see all the time at Bromwich and Smith. It's not just, hey, I'm lazy, I don't care. It's these external you know, situations that occur. Tell us about Bromwich and Smith briefly, if you can, Taz, please. What do you do? 
Oh, sure. We are licensed insolvency trustees. So we're federally regulated to help Canadians with, you know, debt forgiveness, actually. And of course, this was in conjunction with Advisor Savvy. Right. And so, you know, when we talk about you know, mental health and well-being, financial health and well-being are completely tied in. And so, you know, we wanted to partner to, you know, bring to Canadians, bring to light for Canadians. Hey, if this is you, A, you're not alone. And B, if you're starting to feel that anxiety and thinking that you're going to have to put your retirement aside, let's get you talking to the right professionals in Canada. So when it comes to that financial planning, emergency fund, retirement, you want to be talking to those certified financial planners. And that's where Advisor Savvy comes in. And when it comes to that surmounting debt, whether it's because you're helping your children or, you know, some of those other factors we talked about, then you want to be talking to the right professionals in Canada, which are your licensed insolvency trustees. So it was really to help people. You know, when you're in those situations, you feel so isolated, you bet. so alone, mm-hmm. and you're not alone. And, you know, the other thing that comes up is, again, back to your points about housing affordability realities for all Canadians of all uh, in every corner of the country. Uh, you know, it, it is said, and uh, for your comment, uh, it, it's, you know, it's it, uh, by hook or by crook, you can always find a place to live. You can't always find money when you need it. That's the dilemma that's facing a lot of Canadians, particularly as they hover around that retirement cusp, right? Absolutely. And so this is where, you know, we want to say that, yes, you know, you may not be able to find the money on your own. It's not too late. You know, even if you are, let's say, 55 or older, sit down, have that conversation. Let's have a look at those numbers. Let's see where we can find money. But you're right. By hook or crook, you can usually find a place to, you know, rest your head. Sure. Finding that money can be a little bit more of a struggle, especially on your own. Right. And and again, there's no sense of loss of pride or face to come to terms with some very difficult financial realities in your life and a conversation with, a, with a, an experienced professional. And generally, those initial meetings don't cost very much, would really uh, be a, a, a solid piece of advice to someone kind of hovering on the edge of of, of kind of a fragile situation. Yes, and we also need to be having these conversations at the dinner table. That's another thing. You know, generally, most of us, sort of that middle, upper middle class Canadian, this is not a conversation we're really having with our spouse or our children or around the family table. So that's another opportunity, certainly to speak to the professionals But having some productive and effective money conversations with our loved ones, it normalizes it. You know, once you start talking about somebody else, we'll be like, hey, you know, I'm struggling with that as well. Or, hey, we struggled with that. And here's what we did. And it can really ease that stress and help you start to put a plan in place. Nothing wrong with talking about financial realities, especially when they're they're on they're the subject of conversation at pretty much every dinner table in the country several times every week. Correct? Well, certainly, but you know, are are we actually having those conversations? We we talk to a lot of you know millennials, kind of going, mm, my parents didn't teach me how to use a credit card. Sure. Or, you know, we didn't really talk about what our goals were as a family when my parents are going to retire, right? So then. You know, I, I was raised a little bit like that. Mom and dad, like the bank of mom and dad, it just seemed like, honestly, it was this unlimited water fountain, which 
you know, I later found out it wasn't. <laughs> the old money doesn't grow on trees thing. I remember having that line <laughs> thrown in my general direction several times a week. Taz Rajan, thanks very much for joining us this morning. It's an important survey, and uh, it's nice to know that, first of all, none of, no, none of those people in those circumstances are by any stretch alone, and there's a lot of us in the same pickle uh, dealing with retirement realities. Will we? Won't we? Uh, and there are lots of professionals out there willing to help and give advice. Thanks very much for this. Great to have you on the show today. You bet. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. You too. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.